0: Today on the Relationship Renovation podcast, Tara and I open up about a really intense conflict that we had. And we talk about how it happened, why it happened. We look at the concept of content versus process. We also give you some metrics around how to sort of look at arguments around frequency, intensity, duration. And so we think it's an incredible way for you to maybe normalize the fact that, you know, being in relationship is really hard, but with insight and some tools, you can get through difficult moments and you can even feel closer. So stay tuned. Do you want to feel more emotionally and intimately connected with your partner? Then we have the tool that is exactly right for you. We have a program called Relationship Renovation at Home. And it is an amazing way for you and your partner to have a structured way weekly to work together.
1: Because we deserve awesomeness in our relationships.
0: Just go to our website, RelationshipRenovation.com. At the top, there's a link to At Home Program. And it will give you a free lesson. If you want to just check it out and see if it's something that works for you and your partner, we know it will make a significant positive impact on your relationship.
1: Hello, all, and welcome to the Relationship Renovation Podcast. I'm Tara Kerwin.
0: And my name is EJ Kerwin. And Tara and I, we are a married couple. We are parents in a blended family, which is super complex. And we are therapists in... uh, we own and operate a uh, couples counseling facility in Tucson, Arizona, with an amazing staff of over a dozen therapists. They're uh, awesome. Yeah. We have online programs. We're just very dedicated to
1: relationship wellness, to
0: relationship wellness, to really making a positive impact in the world through helping couples be happy and healthy. And we're very dedicated to our own relationship, is which is sort of the, you know, why we started this in the first place,
1: right. It all started with those twins. It all, I say, well, it all oh, started with all the with, blended family, yeah,
0: yeah. It was it was complex. It continues to be, right? And that's sort of a great segue into today's episode. And we're we're taking a little,
1: yeah, a yeah.
0: bit of an emotional risk here. Um, we're, we're
1: sharing some of our baggage. We're
0: being vulnerable. We we're going to go through a breakdown we had in the last week, three days ago. Yeah, and we're going to talk about the argument the conflict that we faced, we're gonna talk about sort of the, the content of it and a little bit about our own sort of what we learned about ourselves, but then also talk about hopefully in a broader sense how this might be useful information for all of you.
1: Well, and one of the big things too is because this has been so repetitive for over a decade, in our relationship and it's like a lot of couples that we see it's like this one thing or a couple things will keep rearing its head and it just has taken us so long to like figure out and we still haven't figured it out but we know like where we went wrong so you know it, it'll happen again hopefully we'll be able to finesse it a little better this time but it's that repetitive underlying issues that you think are okay until they're not And that's kind of what happened. And it it really was one of the most intense fights we've had in a very long time.
0: Absolutely. And one of the things we talk about with couples frequently is the concept of content versus process, which is in, in the context of an argument, content is what you're arguing about, what the data is, and process is the way in which you do it and maybe sort of the more underlying emotional, psychological stuff going on. And at, at least for me in talking about sort of my side of what happened the other night, I'm gonna focus probably a lot on process because mine was about what I'm going through, some personal work I'm doing and how it led to me acting in a way which, which was not helpful at all, which, which definitely like inflamed the situation.
1: And mine was feelings of powerlessness and a blended family. And being kind of the bonus mom and that role, which it is a powerless place. It can be. There's any stepmoms out there that sometimes feel like there's no control. I relate. And so for me, yeah, it was a powerless place. And here we go again.
0: All right. So let's, so we'll just, you know, set up the scene, you know, the context of, of what was going on and sort of how it happened. And then we're also going to sort of hopefully role model the fact that. We oftentimes in going over an argument or even when we're in the midst of it is we focus very much on the other person and what we perceived about them and what they did or didn't do. Mm -hmm. And we're gonna each talk a lot about what was happening for us right and And try to stay out of a blame game or a keeping score or an accounting of who got it right and who got it wrong.
1: Who said what? Who didn't say what?
0: Yeah, because we know we know that that is a surefire way, you know, honestly, to reignite the argument. And that's what a lot of couples do is they sort of like they retread right. things over and over because they're constantly focusing on the other person, not necessarily focusing on themselves.
1: And here's like the cool thing about that, right? It's kind of called like cognitive restructuring. That's how we help individuals and couples process fights, arguments, triggers. Um, But what happens is within 12 hours, we were okay. That's kind of like our magic number. We're like, don't wait for more than 24 hours. If you can repair and come back together within 12 hours. And it took the night into the next morning. So it took about 12 hours, but there are couples out there that will have arguments and not talk for days or do the separation or do the threat of leaving. And so just the more you keep doing this, the frequency gets less, the duration gets less, and the intensity sometimes gets less.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Those those are three sort of measurements that we use a lot with couples. And they oftentimes it's not like all three are improving, like one of them's improving or the other, but it gives you sort of a metric yeah. to look at it and and notice maybe a way to, even in a very uncomfortable time, yeah. have something to feel good about. And the, and the three metrics are the intensity of conflict, the duration of the conflict, and the frequency at which you you're having conflicts.
1: And this is really important for supervisors, for a lot of our therapists at our counseling center, And they'll be like, oh, well, couples were doing so good. And then they got into this fight and then they just feel like they haven't made any progress. And so we do a ton of psychoeducation with our therapists, with our staff that like you will always continue to fight. Just because you go through couples counseling or you feel more connected, that doesn't mean triggers go away or you guys won't have fights, but the intensity frequency duration will be less. And then when you kind of check in with this couple, let's say like, oh my gosh, we were doing so good. And then we just like had, okay, but when you started coming in, you guys were having these blowups like twice a week. Now it's happening like once every 12 weeks. And so you help remind them that this is going to happen. There's gonna be backslide but it's okay because it continues to get better and better your skill set becomes more cultivated if you will.
0: And one thing we tell couples and we know this ourselves is that the process of personal growth, the process mm-hmm. of relationship growth is not linear. It's not one straight line better and better and better. You know, and this what we went through a couple nights ago is really an example of that of like things move at, at interesting paces because I would say the frequency of our conflict is diminishing, but in this particular instance, the intensity- Was super high. Was higher. And so, but having that metric kind of gives us the ability to be like, wow, that was really intense and kind of scary and wasn't didn't feel good. But even though that was a real barn burner, Mm -hmm. but we're not arguing as much. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it just gives you a way to feel good at a time where you could really just feel sort of bad. Yeah. So let's let's jump in. Like let's, let's do let's this. Set the stage.
1: It'll be interesting to hear your point of view and mine.
0: Yeah. So yeah. this will be good. I mean, another thing and you know, we kind of are continually like coaching around this is like you know, both Tara and I know going in like, okay, this could be a little bit triggering. This could be difficult at times. Mm -hmm. I'm going to really try to be aware personally of like, if I do feel myself feeling defensive at all, I'm going to take a breath. I'm going to maybe even if I needed to, I could say, Hey, could we pause for a second that when we go into having uh, complex conversations Mm -hmm. with our partner, we want to sort of go in intentionally and each like kind of set like, okay, this is how I'm, Okay. And so, Tara, do you want to set an intention for yourself as well as you go in?
1: Um, my intention is just to be like Michael Singer says: heart with ears, open heart, listening, present. Okay.
0: All right, so I'll start. Okay. So we decided to go to the Christmas Zooites. Yay. And it was like a kind of a fun family experience.
1: With some of our friends tagging along as some well. With
0: some friends. And um, I think a couple important things is one, you know, blended family. So two older boys were, we hoped to go with us. Older boy had some finals and didn't really let us know. And so, but he had to study so he couldn't be there. So he was at home. I think that was a a beginning of something there. And then we went and met up our friends and I forgot the giant game of Jenga, which was supposed to sort of like, provide some like stuff, because we were go- we were going and having like a drink before we went to the zoo lights with friends. The giant Jingo game was gonna be there to kind of help the kids do something together and mm-hmm. unite maybe different age groups.
1: So adults could talk. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, and I forgot that. And I think that that actually was a key element, not necessarily in your frustration, but in, yes. in the kids not being interacting with one another. And basically what happened is one one of the kids was just not really interacting and then on the drive to the zoo, lights conflict began. Yes. Yeah. And then, you know, and then you can fill in where you want her. And then, and then basically I was just becoming increasingly more agitated on the drive. Like I was just getting like more and more like frustrated and I was I was sort of trying to manage it. I don't, I don't even remember, it was like really strange. But by the time we got to zoo lights and we got out of the car, I was angry.
1: So you have to probably say why, cause there's no context for that. That one of the kids wasn't interacting and then ride to the zoo. But what happened for you? Like why were you getting amped up? That's
0: that's a like a difficult thing for me right now because like I couldn't tell you one of the things you said Mm-hmm. There, there was some words coming out of your mouth, but I don't even remember what you were saying. But it, it, like, but it, I was just—I
1: yeah. was blaming you for not having more interactions with your son. Yeah, I said I wish you would talk to him more.
0: Was that in the truck? Yeah. See, like I literally don't even remember. And I think I'm gonna get a little bit deeper into how this relates to my own personal work. But but I literally do not even, you know, and normally I would remember what Tara was doing because I'd be able to like be blaming her and saying, this is your fault. But I literally don't remember. What I just remember intensely was like just getting more and more mad mm. on the drive.
1: Okay, so then I'll I'll kind of share my piece of it So yes, I love the holidays. I love family time. I love quality time. I'm like literally like a little kid. Like I just want to have so much fun with my family. And guess what? I'm like the only person in our family that's like that. Like if our kids could just do screen all day, every day, they would. And so one of the big... Like, fears that I have is like when I see, especially the older boys who are my stepkids, when I see them isolating and I see them on screen for prolonged periods of time, like, I get very anxious. I start to feel like, should I be doing something? Because our twins, our younger twins, are very social, they're very active, they have a ton of friends. Just very different from the two older boys who are, you know, still amazing, just not as social and kind of more isolative and way more on screen. And so EJ and I have had these discussions around hey, it's not my job to set the screen boundaries. That's you. I'm not the biological parent. I don't want to step on toes, you know. And so I kind of trust that he will do that, but it's not as important to EJ that it is for me. And so I'll see one of the boys on screen for hours and I'll just start to like, okay, I just like, there's nothing I can do right now, but I start to feel resentful because I'm like, why isn't EJ jumping in? And so this is one of those times where one of the older boys just on the whole way to the restaurant on his screen, then sitting down, not interacting with his siblings and see EJ not really talking because we're talking with the adults still, but like, I'm just like, come on. Like I, I worry and my worry comes out as, oh, you're not being a good enough dad. I think that's what it is. And so I just, I have worried about this particular child for over a decade, if not more. So it's not new And I've tried to let go of anxiety and I've tried to trust, but it was just one of those moments where I'm like, oh, it's not going to get better. Like I just have to like resign to this. And I'm not a person that resigns, but I can't cut off my feelings and I can't cut off my anxiety and my worry for him. But I really want to, because I don't know what to do anymore because I feel so powerless. So that's kind of where I was coming from on the ride to the zoo. Like I just wanted to see him talking to our other kids and... Having fun and not on screen. Like so it's a huge fear of mine. So that's where I was at.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is what's really interesting about the argument, and I think we'll get deeper into it, is um this was so not about the content for me, right? Like I get everything Tara's saying, and we certainly have some continued work around us communicating about that and us feeling united. Right. This for me was about, well, I mean, outside of the context of Tara is that like, I'm doing a lot of work about, you know, we've talked a lot about the show about like that, my emotions, I very much keep in check. I don't express myself. I, I just, you know, sort of bury stuff. And greatly what this conflict for me was about was that because of the, I think the work I'm doing in therapy, Like my filter is like, it's being renovated. And so I accessed a lot of feelings and I think some of it was feelings directly about terror. And I think it was also just about like, just having a backlog of stuff internally inside of me. And it caught me totally by surprise because I don't get that mad. And and by the time we got out of the truck, I was just on fire. I was just like so angry.
1: I haven't seen you like that in a really long yeah. time. Yeah,
0: and you know, luckily I did get, was able to go to therapy very soon after that. And there was just this part of me that was just like stop, stop, stop about like whatever whatever it was, whatever it was the the tone of voice or the mm-hmm. words or whatever. It was just like this like immense like outpouring of emotions around like just not wanting not wanting to be treated that way, not wanting to be talked to in that way. And then unfortunately what happened was then when I escalated outside of the truck, then Tara escalated as well. And then we were like literally like, luckily we got the kids away from us. We were like walked to the zoo, we parked really far away. Mm-hmm. And then we had like a 15 minute just like nonsensical, elevated voices. I mean, I don't think either of us was firmly planted on the ground. Do you, I mean, do you agree with that?
1: Well, right. And then we got to like the zoo lights cause we, it was like a 10 minute walk and my girlfriends were there and I literally just like started crying and I was so confused and I was like, what just happened? This was supposed to be like a fun holiday zoo nights and you know, I just cried and I said, We're in a really big fight, one of the biggest ones. I've never seen EJ so angry, and I don't know what to do. And we just had a silent treatment at the zoo. The kids obviously picked up on stuff for sure because they kept trying to say, Is everything okay? And we just kept saying, You don't have to caretake us. We'll be fine. It's going to be fine. Couples fight. We'll be fine. You don't have to caretake us. But, um, yeah, I couldn't even, I had no words because anytime I tried to say something, you were so triggered. So I just kind of stopped.
0: Yeah, and, and by the time we got to the zoo, I had had like this sort of cathartic experience. I didn't like know what it, really what it was about. I wasn't mad anymore. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, I felt in some ways like, oh, like, you know, I mean, I'll just be honest, like it felt like honestly like a relief because I just don't normally in those situations, I I cap my feelings and because I cap them, then I have this like low burning defensiveness that Tara hates. And I I burnt through that that cap. And I just like, instead of being resentful for the next 24 hours, I was like, honestly, I kind of felt like some relief. Yeah, I felt like I-
1: That's what happens when you express emotions, honey. It's really cool.
0: I felt that I like ineffectively expressed what I'm feeling.
1: Yeah, but you're just learning how to express yes. them in that way from having avoidance to now expression. So, I even remember saying like this is after we repaired I'm like I love that you're expressing your feelings, but you have to find a way to do it in a kinder way. Yeah. But I I said I love that you're expressing feelings just the you way You did say that. I remember that. Yeah, but just the that. way it was expressed was like what just what in the heck what just happened? Yeah,
0: and so okay, so before we kind of go back and tease it apart a little bit more, so basically, then what happens? We go to the zoo. We don't talk, mm-hmm. or very little. We come home, you know. And this is a, this. I think it was something very positive that we did. It was just like it was too raw. Tara was was definitely was overwhelmed by my. I was expression. leaving. I was like,
1: I'm going to go get a studio. Yeah, I don't need anything. I am just taking me, and I'm taking the twins, and we're out of here. Like I was so in flight, fight, or freeze. I was literally convinced I don't need a dollar. I just want to get out, get out, get out, get out.
0: And if we would have talked again that night and tried to get into it, it would have gotten no. probably no. worse. So we didn't, so we we didn't, you know? And and I know some people have like guides, like never go to bed angry or whatever, but that night there was no possibility of dealing we with We did not it sleep well. in the same room. We did not sleep in the same room <laughs> <laughs> and then the next morning,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'm just reporting like what I what I saw, and you can tell me. Tara was just in a place of like deep, deep, deep sadness. Mm-hmm. She may have been mad too, but what I was seeing was a lot of sadness, and she was still in like I'm done with this.
1: Yeah, I can't this trust. I can't trust that this will be okay. I can't yeah. trust you.
0: I initially felt a lot of fear. Mm. I was like, oh man, I screwed up. But then I made a conscious choice. Cause I remember I walked up to you in the kitchen and I just, cause you said something to me, you said like, don't you want me to be happy no matter what? Because I was in a fear place of like, honey, no, we can't do that. There's too much, we love each other. You know, I was like kind of getting into pleading and I was like, okay, that's not gonna work. And she said, don't you want me to be happy? And so I thought about that. I walked outside, scooped poop. Mm. (laughs) I came back in and I saw her in the kitchen. I said, "Terry, you're right. I want you to be happy. And we don't know how we're going to get through this, but we'll get through it one way or another. And ultimately, you're right. I want you just to be happy no matter what.
1: Well, that for me, what made me even start to shift is I said, I need you to be accountable for what keeps happening. This dynamic continues to happen. And normally you're like in this justifiable place. Oh, but, I've, you know, but I was like, no, I, I want you to be accountable for this dynamic around boundaries with screen time and quality family time. And you were able to say what?
0: That I'm inconsistent, that I avoid those discussions, that the things that are important to you, I, I don't consistently uh, hold boundaries around them. You know, I, I basically was like, you know, and it's kind of amazing because even though, again, I didn't express it well that night, but because I had just, like, let it out, like, I didn't feel defensive the next morning. Like, I didn't feel like I had to defend myself. Mm. I was really seeing Tara as very vulnerable. And yeah, it was easier to just be accountable. And then also, like, really, at the end of the day, say, like, I do care about you. I do want to be married to you. And I do want to, like, you know, be old people together,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but I was able to just be like, you know what, if ultimately I do want her to be happy and yeah. and I don't know, like,
1: yeah.
0: I just want her to know that I really care and I love her and we'll see how we get through this. And so I left the house.
1: Mm-hmm. and We had our staff holiday party like in an hour yeah. and I was like, we I cannot bring this energy to our center with all of our therapists who will immediately pick up on it. And so I did my cognitive restructuring. Um, It's one of the most amazing techniques individuals can use when they're triggered. And I was able to, again, if you want to know more, we've had an entire podcast on this, but we have the whole method and procedure because I always write it down on my iPhone. You know what? I'm just going to share it. I'm just going to pull up my phone because Uh some people might really want to. So I always write it down so I can understand it when I'm in a more neutral place, and then I share it with EJ, so that way he can... Okay, so the situation, son was a zombie on the phone. That was like the moment I was like, "Ah, it's happening again. Thoughts? Am I the only one that notices? I feel so bad for him. I'm so pissed right now. Doesn't his dad care if he's just rotting his brain away? Should I say something? Should I do something? Am I a good enough parent? Is he lazy? Am I teaching him laziness? Why doesn't he care? Why doesn't his father care? I don't wanna do this anymore. I don't wanna worry anymore. I'm just so over this. I just wanna be done. Those are all the thoughts we don't say, by the way. It is really important to write them down even if they sound awful, because it helps get you to the negative core belief, which I'm about to get to. So those were my thoughts. My feelings were scared, anxious, doomed, powerless, helpless, afraid, disappointed, discouraged, disgusted, mistrustful, insecure, and then my behaviors were I was making rude comments, passive-aggressive comments, verbally saying that I don't trust you, and then I would flee, withdraw, and create a wall. So those were, again, the situation that triggered it, the thoughts, the feelings, the behavior, my negative core belief, I am powerless right? And then I I know where that belief comes from. When you start to identify what the negative core beliefs are, you try to go real back as far as you can to where they might have early developed, right? Very traumatic childhood, lots of powerlessness. And in that moment when I got to that negative core belief, I was like, of course, like I feel so powerless around screen and boundaries and getting my children to actually want to spend quality time well, of- Boundaries,
0: co- right? Boundaries. Boundaries.
1: Of course, that feeling is going to make me feel mistrustful. And I don't want to feel that anymore. I can't feel that anymore, but it cannot be about you setting boundaries. It has to be about me Restructuring myself. And basically, I go into this like I have healthy power. Like I can say, EJ, it's really important to me that you're more consistent with boundaries because my boundary is, you know, two hours of screen time a day or whatever it is. Or it's really important that we continue to have weekly meetings around our blended family strategies so that both of our needs are being met, right? That's like healthy power. But when you don't have that and you're not planning and preparing and checking in with each other, this little underlying issue presented its ugly head and we just got hijacked.
0: And so can I go through mine now? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And, and so this is, again, this is the tool. It's, we call it the relational cognitive restructuring tool. It's in our relationship renovation at home program. Also in our program that we take couples through. It's like really sort of the culmination middle, like, hey, this is the... Once you've done a lot of prep work, you can get to the place because you have the insight that you're able to understand a moment more deeply. Um, So for me, and what's interesting too about this is like the situations for us, even though we were in the argument together, the situation, the trigger were two totally different things, which is I think, you know, universal. That's what happens with couples. So the situation for me in truck and walking to zoo, harsh words from Tara, look of anger and judgment on Tara's face. So that's the stimulus, Mm -hmm. that's what, that was my trigger. My thoughts, here we go, what the F? I don't understand, what is going on? I don't deserve this, I can't take this. That was a big one that night for me, like Mm -hmm. I can't take this. My feelings, uh, obviously anger, frustration, And then, you know, we always sort of in this, it starts off with those more broad emotions and then they get a little more specific and a little more hopefully vulnerable. So start off with anger and frustration, but then right in there is confusion. I feel powerless. I'm scared, lonely, misunderstood. And then this other one, unknown. And that's like a new one for me. Like Mm -hmm. like, it's like unknown. I just feel like utterly alone. Actions, this is so, was I I try to hold it back. And then that time, which is not normal, is it exploded. I pushed back with words. I was in this weird yo-yo between like running away, from, get trying to get away from her and then coming back. I could feel myself like going in, pulling back, going in, pulling mm-hmm. back. So I was like internally, I was like yo-yoing back and forth. It was I was like just so disoriented and then the negative core beliefs that that i discovered afterwards you can't discover these in the moment generally <laughs> my negative beliefs were i am worthless i am nothing nobody cares about me mm. i am all alone mm. and that's what it, and i just uh you know clearly those are intolerable feelings to feel um and then the positive beliefs that i that i i'm working on all the time but definitely in moments of conflict is, I'm deserving of love, I'm deserving of care. Mm -hmm. And if I'm from that place, I can probably react in a more appropriate way and say, honey, I understand you're frustrated and you're mad about this and you feel powerless because I know and you told me, but the way we're communicating right now is, is not gonna get us Anywhere can we take a second? You know, that's the learning that comes out of this.
1: The learning and also the building of compassion. Because when couples have these fights, these arguments, repetitive fights, they lose all the compassion because they just see the other person as being stopped doing this. I'm so sick of feeling this way. I'm done. And when you get into this more vulnerable process and both people are working on it, I get to be like, oh my gosh, you feel alone. And I know that you felt alone a lot of the times when you were younger. And like, I get to build compassion. And also I love that sometimes I'm like, am I the only crazy one? I'm the only one doing these cognitive restructuring techniques. Clearly not. I'm crazy. (laughs) But I love that you actually did it and sent it to me because I'm like, oh my gosh, because it's probably like for every 20 I do, you do like maybe one so I love that cause I know that you're learning how to express feelings in a different way. And, you know, I just, I'm super excited for your journey. Yeah.
0: So, okay. So we described this through you and we went through a whole process, a process that lasted, well, the working through the actual argument lasted like 12 hours or so, or, you know, close to 24 to really like, I mean, we, we maybe weren't activated, but you know, it took a while. Right. And then, each of our individual work and then our relationship work about what we can get out of this conflict is continuing, right? And I think like, you know, one of the, a couple of the important things we wanna get across to you guys today Mm. is the fact that it's a process, you know, Mm -hmm. it's a process built upon having some tools
1: learning the skills
0: yeah learning some skills and 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 clearly in the midst of that you know really the conflict was what probably a half hour yeah about a half hour and then there was you know sort the of a
1: hangover of yeah it. there was
0: a hangover of of another 11 and a half hours <laughs> yes. um
1: but look at us talking about it today i don't feel reactive at all i'm super glad we got through it builds trust that like we can get through this because we're both doing the work.
0: Yes, and that this is a key thing we tell clients is that these conflicts, even though incredibly uncomfortable and sad and scary and frustrating, are opportunities for growth that this like, this was a huge piece of information for me around a couple of things around the content and the process. The process is like, I'm trying to figure out how to find healthy ways to express myself that clearly not having feelings and burying them for years hasn't helped. Mm. That's led to a whole host of other, you know, conflicts and that, you know, having the filter just blow off doesn't, work either. So I'm in a relationship, very personal about how do I have a healthy voice? You know, how do I communicate to Tara when when I'm feeling big emotions? Concurrent to that is also like this communication and boundaries around screen time, around just f- blended family yes. issues in general. Yes. We, I have to be better at, Initiating those conversations preemptively, not like just when something bad is going on. Right. And that I need to be more consistent in in holding boundaries.
1: And I have to share with you the moment I start to get anxious when I start to like this is making me like starting to feel really uncomfortable, like that fear thing is happening where I feel like, you know, he's isolating or it's making me uncomfortable. I have to be better with that. So I don't sit with it for like an hour and then explode. So yeah. If there's anything you can get out of this podcast, first of all, thanks for listening to our baggage. But um, <laughs> it's that we hadn't had a weekly check-in for a couple of weeks. And I think that's what happened. We, didn't, we did not stay on top of it. We got super busy. We're renovating our podcast studio and we just didn't. And so that definitely took us on a little backslide. So just have conversations around what's important. So you're always right? Dr. Stan Tacken. planning, predicting, preparing so that you don't get hijacked by these when they happen. Yeah. That That is going to keep you guys connected and consistent.
0: And don't sweep it under the rug. I mean, both Tara and I over these last couple of days since then, I think both of us have put significant time individually into thinking about what happened. Mm-hmm. And then we've had nice little like check-in conversations around it in sort of a in a curious way of looking at like, hey, what happened? And not diving back into the conflict, but just like, what happened? What can we learn? You know, how do we use that as a way to get better at being in relationship with each other, better at running a blended family? And I feel closer to you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I feel trusting that we can get through it. And I feel grateful that you're, working on your avoidant attachment, and then I'm working on my anxious preoccupied attachment <laughs> yes. to build a secure attachment, it just takes a minute, so. Yeah,
0: yeah, so um, thank you all for for being witness to this and hopefully it normalizes maybe your struggles at times hopefully it gives you a framework for like, how do I approach these difficult moments? How do I look back at these difficult <laughs> moments? You know, again, we have this incredible method that's worked like, you know, for thousands of couples. If you're in town, give us a call and and check out one of our amazing therapists. Or if feel you're,
1: free to send us an email and like give us a situation and we can help break it down for you on one of our podcasts.
0: Absolutely. We also have our Relationship Renovation at Home program. Go to our website. Um, it is an incredible way to systematically renovate your relationship and, and make it the loving, trusting, well-communicated relationship that we all deserve.
1: Thank you for listening. As always, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. You deserve it. alright right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
0: Me and you just singing on the train are the same me and you have all the fame we need indeed you and me are we